Welcome to the Good Old Days of Radio Show. This is John Tefteller, your host. It's Thursday. Time for another weird and strange program. I'm not going to say anything about this other than the title and the date. And just let it rip. You can see what you think of it. And I'll have some commentary at the end. It is from the great radio series Escape. Um, Escape was on from 1947 until I believe about 1954, and then they rode off into the sunset as television was crushing radio, just destroying <laughs> destroying the medium of radio and replacing it with television, which uh, I think Fred Allen said they call television a medium because nothing is well done. Um, <laughs> and to this day, that's probably true. There are some good television shows out there, and there always have been, but it's just less and less, at least in my humble opinion. So, an episode of Escape, I Saw Myself Running, is the title. It's from February 22nd, 1953. And just one little note about these, these escape shows. There are a whole lot of escape shows out there. There's, I think, a small amount of them missing, maybe five or six episodes or something like that. Somebody will know that for sure. But the reason there's a whole lot of these escape shows out there is because KNX Radio in Los Angeles, which was the CBS outlet, CBS Radio Network outlet in Los Angeles, and I believe it still is the CBS Radio outlet in Los Angeles, they had the contract through radio recorders in Hollywood to record all of the escape programs. Some of them were actually pre-recorded uh, and some were live, but most of escape, I believe, was pre-recorded. And KNX had all of the transcriptions at one point. Uh, all the recordings were there. A few of them walked away because a few engineers or people in, in radio would grab a couple here or there and take them home, and those have mostly since vanished. A few of them have been recovered. But that's the reason we have so many of them, as they were saved by KNX Radio in Los Angeles and donated to Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters along with everything else that they had at KNX in the late 60s. And then it was the, the great Ken Greenwald, my friend of decades, who passed away a year or so ago, and he was the one that went in and made really great, great transfers of all of the escape shows onto reel-to-reel -reel tape, and now they're on CD and whatever. But they're there because he did that, and um, the transcription discs are now, I believe, with the University of Santa Barbara. In any case, we have great-sounding transcriptions due to KNX saving them and Ken transferring them. So here we go with I Saw Myself Running. Tired of the everyday grind? Ever dream of a life of romantic adventure? Want to get away from it all? We offer you... Escape! Escape, designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. You are standing in inky blackness, looking up a long flight of stairs, at the top of which lurks something 
unbelievably evil. While in the moving shadows behind you, coming closer to you, is the shadowy figure of something that could only come from a nightmare. Listen now as Escape brings you Anthony Ellis' terrifying story, I Saw Myself Running. through the magazine section, sweetie? No, but it's all right. Here. Well, then, if you're not through... No, you have it. Thanks. Mm. Want the woman's page? No, thanks. Freddy. Mm-hmm? I had the strangest dream last night. No? Anybody we know? Don't be funny. If you stop reading for a minute, I'll tell you about it. Okay. I was scared. Well, why didn't you wake me up? Why? It wouldn't have done any good. It, it's the funniest thing. It was a nightmare, I guess. You know, the kind where you see yourself running away from something or, or from somebody. <laughs> Too much beer. I want to ask you. It's very important. Oh, darling. Do you notice how sometimes in a dream... Everything is happening to you, and then suddenly you find yourself standing there watching it, watching yourself, and you say to yourself, it's a dream, and I don't have to be frightened because in a minute I'll wake up. I guess so. Something like that, I guess. Well, last night, a, a lot of other nights, Freddy, it's been different. It starts the same way, like any other dream, I suppose, but... Then I'm running away. Somebody I don't know is following me, and then there are two of us, both me, running. Mm-hmm. Uh, coffee still hot? Freddy. Sue. Honey, I don't know anything about dreams. If you're asking me what I think it means, I don't know. Offhand, I'd say that last bottle of beer. Coffee. Thanks. Freddy? Mm hmm? Nothing. How do you explain a dream? You don't. You can't. At first, it frightens you, and then as the morning passes, it fades, and by lunchtime, it's forgotten. Freddy and I went to bed early that night. I think I was a little surprised when it began again. I didn't realize I was asleep yet. But it was there. The same as the last time. A face. Only a face. Not unkind. Not anything. And it was so far away. And around it was a piece of cardboard with circles drawn on it. The face in the center. And it went round and round. First, only a dot and... Then it came closer, and the noise came with it, and everything was spinning so much it made me dizzy, but 
I could always see it, right side up. It was very close to me. And the face was somebody's I'd never seen before. It was a man, I think. And I knew that he didn't care. And I wanted to cry. Then it was gone. I was alone in a big hall. And I thought I'd seen the place before, but I couldn't have done because I knew it was only a dream. Even then, I knew I was dreaming because I could see myself. There was a wide staircase going up into a dark place that was higher than any place I'd ever seen. I was at the foot of the stairs, looking up, and my face was frightened. I saw myself open my mouth to say something, to call upstairs into the dark. Don't come down. Please don't. I don't want to see you. I... I'm afraid. Don't come down. But I'd never heard myself before. Not really. I'd always thought I'd said things in dreams. But not this way. Not so that I really heard. And the voice wasn't my own. I found myself looking up the staircase with her. And there were two of us standing next to each other. Touching. I could feel her hand. It was warm. Don't. You mustn't come down. Who is it? I don't know, Susan. I never know. But it's up there, in the shadows. It's too dark. I can't see anything. What does it look like? Well, listen. I, you can hear it. I, I'm afraid. It'll come down soon and I'll try to run, but I won't be able to get away. It's always the same. But this is a dream. It's a dream. I'm having a dream. I can wake up now, if I want to. I'll be here alone then. You always leave me here alone. That's silly. How can I leave you alone when you're me? It's only a dream. I can wake up now. Oh, no. You've got to stay this time. Look up there. It'll be coming down in a minute. We'll have to run. I won't run. I always do. I have to. No, I want to see it. It'll kill you if you stay. How do you know? You haven't even seen it. It'll kill me, too. I'm afraid. This is a dream. There's nothing to be afraid of. It's coming down. Run! Run! We ran, both of us. And all this time, in all my dreams, that girl I'd seen hadn't been me at all. And then the great hall and staircase weren't there. We were in a lovely garden. And it was very quiet, except for a single bird. And it sang strangely and sadly. Why do you dream? What a silly question. Everybody dreams. If you didn't dream, I wouldn't have to be here. I, I wouldn't be afraid all the time. There's nothing to be afraid of. It's warm. So peaceful. Look at the roses. And the caterpillars. I'm afraid of caterpillars. I used to be. I'm not anymore. I'm still afraid of them. I remember the first time you dreamed of them. You'd been frightened when one crawled on your hand. You were very small then. That's the first time I had to be afraid of them. Well, that was a long time ago. I don't mind them now. I do. I mind everything you think you've forgotten. Oh, look. There's one crawling on my shoe. Will you squash the caterpillar? I can't. I, I'm afraid. All right. 
What is this place? It's an airplane. I've never been in an airplane before. I know. I'm afraid of them. I'll fall out. And it'll be such a long time for me to know that I'm going to die. I, I don't want to fall. Hold on to me. You won't fall. It's only a dream. You see, Freddy's the pilot. And he can't fly. I know he can't. You keep saying that. What? It's only a dream. It doesn't matter to you. You can wake up. I can't. I have to stay. I have to live with this all the time. Where are we going? I don't know. Look, the plane's breaking up. We're going to fall. We're going to fall now. It'll be all right. We've got our parachutes on. I know. You uh, have to count to three or, or ten and then pull the ring. I've seen them do it in the movies. We'll be all right. We'll jump. No, I can't. I can't. We've got to. Ah! Such a nice, floating sensation. I've no idea we were so high. I've got to count to ten and pull the ring. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I, I can't find it. I can't find it. It won't work. I'm going to die. I'm falling. I'm going to die. Susan, wake up. You're dreaming. Susan. Freddy. Freddy. No, 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 no. It's all right. You're okay now. It was a nightmare. Turn on the light. There. See? I was falling. I fell out of an airplane. I was going to die. Oh, darling. It was that TV show we watched. Freddy. It's all right. I love you. You don't have to be afraid. Well, You're right here. Everything's fine, and it's nearly four o'clock. Come on. You climb in with me. Freddy, I don't want to dream anymore. I'm afraid. It was like last night. The other night. But worse. Now, listen, Sue. Freddy, look at me. Do I sound the same? Honey, you're... Do I sound the same? There's two of us. When I go to sleep, when I dream, there's another woman there. That's who I've been seeing all these oh, years. But... It's not me. It's someone else. She's there all the time. Freddie, I don't want to dream anymore. Something's going to happen. I'm afraid. <laughs> Escape. Freddy took me to the doctor, and I tried to tell him about the dreams. And when I finished, he examined me, tested my heart, blood pressure. Then he said... Susan, you're tired. That's what's the matter with you. But I, I haven't been doing anything to be tired. Really, I haven't. You're overwrought. It could be a vitamin deficiency, any number of little things, but it's not serious. You're in good shape. Now, what you need is to get away for a few days. Well, I feel all right. It's just that dream, the girl, the one who looks like me. I want you to forget about that dream. 
It's only because you're tired that you have the dream in the first place. Now, I'm going to give you a sedative to take just before going to bed. A few nights, good sleep, and you'll be fit as a fiddle. I don't want to dream anymore. That's all. He patted me on the arm, smiling. Freddy smiled. And I took the little box of sedative pills home with me. I couldn't tell them. I couldn't make them understand. It wasn't just a dream. It was something that was happening. Really happening. And that night, I decided that I wouldn't sleep. I'd stay awake. And if I was awake, I couldn't dream. After Freddy was asleep, I got up and went into the living room. I'd got a new library book, and I began to read. It was 11 o'clock then. Oh, oh, I mustn't. I almost did. I wish we had something to make me stay awake. This is silly. I'm a grown woman. Why should I behave like a child? But I'm afraid. Who is she? That girl. It's not a dream. And because it's not, I'm not going to sleep. I'm not. I'm not. time it gets light, it'll be easier and slight. I'll read some more. Make some coffee. At seven o'clock, I got back into bed and pretended to still be asleep when Freddy got up. I heard him making coffee, then he came back in, kissed me, and left for the office. Somehow, I stayed awake the whole day. I tried to buy something at the drugstore to stop me from sleeping, but they wouldn't give it to me without a prescription. And then Freddie called to say he had to entertain some out-of-town people that night. After that, I had to lie down on the living room couch because I felt sick. It was eight o'clock. I won't. I won't. I'm not going to go to sleep. I'm not going. I won't. I won't. No, but I don't feel well. I just got to lie down for a little while. But I won't sleep. In a minute, I'll feel all right. And I can get up. In a minute... Just a minute. I'll wake up in a minute. I'm so tired. 
there's that big hall again and the staircase. I can see her looking up into the dark. You didn't come last night. I know. I was waiting here. I, it didn't come down, though. The thing up there. You couldn't have been here. You're only me in a dream. And when I don't dream, you're not here. I'm always here. I have to see the things happen. Things don't really happen in dreams. It's imagination. No, it isn't. Look up there. In the dark. It's up there. Waiting. Soon it'll start to come down. How do you know? It does. And we'll have to run. But if we run, we can't see it. Perhaps if we didn't run and we saw it, we wouldn't be afraid anymore. Oh, no. Listen. It's going to come down. I, I know it is. We won't run. We'll wait for her. I can't. I'm afraid. You and me. I'm not afraid now. You can't be. Look. The darkness at the top of the stairs seemed to move, take shape. And I heard her screaming. <coughs> I saw myself screaming. But it wasn't my voice. It was the girl I stood next to. And slowly... Painfully, she turned away from the stairs and tried to run. It was like a slow-motion picture. Her legs moved, but she stayed in the same place. Then the darkness started to come toward us. It swirled down the stairs, and there was a figure in it and a face. But the mouth in the face wasn't a mouth at all. It had no form. And the face changed and grew bigger, came closer, around in an awful blackness. And I saw myself running. We were standing in a narrow stone passageway. It was cold and damp. And the other girl who wasn't me was holding a gun. We both were. And we looked behind us because around the corner, out of sight, it was following. I heard the telephone ringing and I couldn't understand how there could be a telephone in that place. I, I'm tired. I, I can't run anymore. We'll rest for a minute. I wish somebody would answer the telephone. You do it. It sounds like my telephone. How can it be? Because this is only a dream. And if I wake up, I'll answer it. It's on the table at the end of the couch. I can wake up and answer it. No, you can't. I won't let you. I'm not going to stay here alone. I've got to wake up. You can't now. But listen. Oh, we've got to run again. It'll catch us. now. Hurry. I felt the cold horror behind us. And I ran, following the twisted passageway. And I knew that the telephone had been my last chance. My last chance to wake up. And I hadn't. I couldn't. There's a light ahead. It won't dare to follow us into the light. Are you tired? Are you? No. It's funny how we seem to almost float. I'm not tired at all. I don't think we need the guns now. I'm going to throw mine away. I'm not. I'm afraid of guns. I used to be. 
I'm not anymore. Wait a minute. Those two men, you see, in the entrance? Yes. I wonder why they're there. Maybe they'll try to stop us from getting out. I've got the gun. Oh, I shouldn't have thrown mine away. Oh, it'll be all right. Come on. It's Freddy. Freddy and Dr. Peters. I know. Freddy! Freddy! It's me, Susan. Stay where you are, Susan. Don't come any closer. But it's following us. We've got to get out. You'll have to go back. No! Go back, Susan. Go back into the passage. No! No! You can't come out anymore, Susan. But I must. You let me talk to them, Susan. You let me talk to them. I'll take care of it. You'll see. I saw her walk slowly to the entrance to where it was light and there was sunshine. And the three of them talked very quietly. I couldn't hear what they were saying, but I knew it was about me. And ever so faintly, I heard the sound of the thing that was waiting somewhere in the blackness of the passage. <laughs> she was pointing at me. And Freddy was laughing. And it made me angry. So angry that I forgot to be afraid. I ran over to them, and as I did so, they blocked the entrance, linking their arms to keep me back. She's told us all about you, Susan. It's taken a long time to find you out. Stop it. There's no such person. She's me. She's Susan. This is only a dream. I can wake up whenever I want. Stop it! Stop it, it's true. Ask her, ask her, she'll tell you. My dear Susan, how can we ask her if you say she doesn't exist? You're tired, overwrought. Oh, I'm not. You mustn't say that, it isn't true. Please, let me out. I'm cold. I'm afraid. You kept her down here all your life. Now, because you're afraid and cold, you expect us to let you out and make her go back inside. Freddy, it's me. I'm your wife. Freddy. I've always been fair. I want to be fair this time. Oh, yes. We have to be fair. Sue, what do you think? Should we let her out? Oh, no. She'll only wake up and leave me here. I want to wake up this time. Let her stay. You... You're crazy. She's not Susan. I am. She's nobody. She's in a dream. Stop it. Please. We have to be fair. We really do. If you only weren't so tired, so overwrought. I suggest we take a vote. Yes, that's eminently fair. A vote. I think so, too. We'll vote yay or nay on the proposition. That's the way it's done at board meetings in my office. Yay or nay. We let her out, yay. We don't let her out, nay. Sue? Nay. Doctor? Nay. And I cast my vote. Nay. The vote has been taken and duly recorded. You can't make me stay here. I won't. I won't. I think that you'd better talk to her, Susan. You're a woman. It's better that way. Doctor and I'll wait for you outside. All right. But don't be afraid. You don't have to be afraid now. That comes later when you have to go back into the passage. When I wake up. You can't wake up. Never. You're not alive. I want to tell you something. When I wake up, I'm not going to be like you. 
I'll never dream ever again. You're going to stay here alone, just the way you made me do it all your life. You can run. You can run and never be able to escape. But I shan't come here to be with you. Listen, it's waiting for you. Can you hear it? No, please, don't make me. Please, it'll get me. Please. It won't get you if you keep running, but you mustn't ever stop. I'm afraid. It's dark. I'm afraid. Oh, please, don't make me go back. I'm Susan. I've got to wake up. Please. I'm afraid. So dark. So dark. I have to run. 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 Susan. Mm. Oh, I called you, but oh. there was no answer. I was worried. You all right? Feeling better? Mm. Oh, mm. You look better. Say, you know what? I've arranged to take five days off from the office. We'll go up to the mountains. That's what the doctor ordered. How about it? Oh, it sounds wonderful, Freddy. I figure if we... Suze. Yes, darling? Your... Your voice... It sounds funny. My voice? I, well, it's me. It's the only voice I've got. But it... It doesn't sound like you. Are you sure you're... Oh, silly. How can it be me and not sound like me? Oh, you are silly. Give me a kiss. Sauce. What's the matter with your voice? This tape has brought to you I Saw Myself Running, written and directed by Anthony Ellis, starring Georgia Ellis as Susan, with Sammy Hill as Sue. Featured in the cast were John Stevenson and Edgar Barrier. Editorial supervision is by John Meston, and the special music for Escape is composed and conducted by Lee Stevens. Next week. You are standing on the bridge of a trance steamer, a ship captain, sailing through the vast emptiness of the ocean. While on the deck below you, the crew, a desperate gang of cutthroats and murderers, are waiting for a signal that will give them your ship and bring you your death. So listen next week when Escape brings you Anthony Ellis' exciting story, The Tramp.
AM and FM, New York. Well, that was a, <laughs> a strange hodgepodge there at the end. Um, the original part of that show is definitely from uh, KNX Los Angeles, and then somehow when we write when we get to the end, it switches to WCBS FM. So there must have been something missing on the original transcription disc, and somebody plugged in a very poorly <laughs> recorded version of the ending from somewhere else. Oh well, I, if that's all that exists, we'll go with it. Um, if there is a better version out there, I don't know about it, so. We'll see. Um, Georgia Ellis did a great job in that show. Georgia Ellis was Kitty, Matt uh, Matt Dillon's girlfriend, so to speak, on Gunsmoke. This is, I guess, one of her uh, departures from the role of Kitty into the weird and strange world of dreams and nightmares, and I think she pulled that off quite well. Very interesting script, very well written. Never, ever could they do that on television with that, the way that was done anyway. might be a different way to do it, but not that way. All right. I neglected to mention something at the beginning of this show, and so I'm going to make up for it now. If you are listening to this on Thursday, a few days before Father's Day, which is Sunday. Now, you might be hearing this later. I don't know. But if you're listening to this a few days before Father's Day, Father's Day is this coming Sunday. And we have a little treat for you, just because this is my show and I can do these type of things. Here's a little song about Father's Day. Dear old dad, old dad, we love you so. Dear old dad, we are glad to be here with you on this day of days. And we swear always that we will be here on this day each year today father is father's day and we're giving you a tie it's not much we know it's just our way of showing you we think you're a regular guy you say that it was nice of us to bother but it really was a pleasure to fuss for according to our mother you're our father and that's good enough for us. Today, Father, is Father's Day, a day that we all revere. The tie that you got didn't cause such a lot but we will give you the same tie next year you tell us it was nice of us to bother but it really was a pleasure to fuss for they say a child 
can only have one father and you are the one for us yes you are the course that's the great Groucho Marx song written by his good friend and longtime collaborator Harry Ruby who wrote songs for Duck Soup and Horse Feathers and Animal Crackers and all the great Marx Brothers films in honor of all fathers out there and for Father's Day I thought that was appropriate to slide that in here even though it has nothing to do with the weird and unusual show on dreams and nightmares that we just aired but hey It's Father's Day on Sunday, so we had to do it. So happy birthday to all the fathers out there. That's my salute to you. And we will be back next Thursday with another strange and creepy tale. Um, My little list tells me it's going to be an episode of probably my favorite of all the creepy shows, Quiet Please. So tune in for that. And Tuesday, we are rolling through a great series of shows with our special guest, Keith Scott. So make sure you listen to that. All right. That's it for the Good Old Days of Radio show. Thanks. Tell all your friends. GoodOldDaysOfRadio.com on the internet. Good Old Days of Radio show on Facebook. If you have any questions, you have any requests, you have anything you want to throw on there, go ahead and uh, we, we do look at those and we answer almost every one of them. I think we try to anyway. All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye.